0: This faith and finance podcast is underwritten in part by Christian Credit Counselors. If you're struggling with credit card debt but don't know where to start, our trusted partner, Christian Credit Counselors, offers a debt management program that can get you out of credit card debt 80% faster while honoring your debt in full. Contact them to get out of debt today at christiancreditcounselors.org.
1: Americans have an average of four credit cards. Do you really need that many? And how many is enough? I am Rob West. Too often we hang on to credit cards we no longer use, providing an unnecessary invitation to identity thieves to run up charges in your name. Canceling them is a good idea if done properly. I'll talk about that today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That number is 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, Christians should always take Proverbs 10.4 seriously. It reads, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. We certainly don't want to have a slack hand when managing credit cards. I know you agree because we get a lot of questions about credit cards, and two of them go something like this. If I close a credit card account, will it affect my score? And why does it affect my score? Your credit score will drop a little after closing an account. Most people are surprised by that because it seems like you're being punished for doing the right thing. But it really comes down to mathematics and complicated computer algorithms. To find out why your score drops, we'll have to simplify things. So first, a definition. An algorithm is just a set of rules that solve a problem in a limited number of steps. Algorithms live in computer models that give you more credit score points for having three things. Long-standing accounts more available credit, and more kinds of accounts, like a credit card, auto loan, and mortgage. If closing an account falls under one or more of those factors, your score goes down. So just remember, the longer you have an account open, the more credit you don't use, and the more types of accounts you have, well, the higher your score. In fact, those three factors make up 55% of your FICO score. Now, why is that? Well, it's simply because having old accounts, unused credit, and more kinds of accounts tells lenders that you're more likely to pay them back. But is this really something to worry about when you close an account? A slight drop in your credit score? Usually not. But there's one occasion when it could be important. If you're shopping for a mortgage or some other kind of loan, you want the highest score possible. Lowering your score by even a few points could put you in a lower range of scores, and that could affect the interest rate you get on the loan. A higher interest rate means money out of your pocket every month. But in most cases, when you're not seeking a loan, a slight drop in your credit score means very little. You'll quickly make that up if you keep the outstanding balances below 30% on remaining accounts and you make your payments on time. So you may be asking, why bother closing an account after you've paid it off? especially if it's going to cost you points on your credit score. Well, there are at least two good reasons. First, it eliminates the temptation to use it if you run into an unexpected financial problem. That's what your emergency fund is for, and you should use that money if the car breaks down or the water heater starts giving you cold showers. I've already mentioned the second reason to close an unused account. It's the constant threat of identity theft. If your account is hacked... It'll cause you a lot of headaches, especially if it's unused and you're not paying any attention to it. Now, even though I said go ahead and close an unused account and don't worry about your credit score, you don't want to close several of them at once, even though that would feel really good. Closing a bunch of accounts at once will multiply the negative effect on your score. The best way to close unused accounts is gradually, no more than one or two every six months. That way you spread out the negative impact while at the same time minimizing it by keeping low balances and making on-time payments with your other accounts. Now, here are the steps to closing an account and making sure it's closed. First, pay off any remaining balance. Then check any recurring charges on the account and cancel or transfer them. After that, call your card issuer and tell them to cancel the account. You may want to follow up by writing an email or letter to your credit card issuer to confirm your card's been canceled. Finally, double-check your credit reports at all three credit bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, to make sure the account's been closed. You can get them for free at annualcreditreport.com. Okay, so that's why you should close an unused account and how you should do it. And again, don't worry about how it affects your score. Hey, have you checked out our new FaithFi app? You can use it to manage your money and get a clear picture into your spending and perhaps make sure it's going where you want it to. You can learn more at faithfi.com. Just click app. All right, your calls are next, 800-525-7000. I'm Rob West, and we'll be right back. Are you looking for a financial
0: professional who aligns with your biblical values? Certified Kingdom Advisors are trusted financial, legal, or accounting professionals who have completed a rigorous certification program to ensure they provide biblically wise financial advice as part of their practice. You can find a local CKA professional in your area by going to faithby.com and clicking find a CKA.
1: Are you struggling to fit your faith into your practice as a Christian financial advisor? The Certified Kingdom Advisor designation teaches you a step-by-step process to confidently deliver advice that aligns with Christian values. Discover the skills you need to help your clients make a kingdom impact. Get started today by enrolling in the CKA educational program at kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. That's kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Let's go back to the phones. We've got uh, all the lines full with some great questions coming up. To Florida we go. Treva, you're next on the program. Go ahead.
0: Yes, thank you for taking my call. Okay. Um, My mother just recently passed away. um, She had her home and her house paid for, or her car. So, of course, it has to go to probate because it wasn't in my sister's or my name. Mm -hmm. But my question is, once that all sells, what's the best way to use the money that we get? I have a car payment. I don't know. Should I pay the car off, even though I'm? It's not a problem to make my car payment.
1: Yeah. Or yeah, Very good. that money
0: sit in the because my husband and I are old. I'm I'll be sixty, and um, you know, you want to have some cash.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sure. Know. You said your age is sixty. Is that right?
0: Of the sixty one this month. Yes.
1: Okay. And so are you and he working or one of you?
0: I work full time and he has okay. his own business, but um, okay, great. He'll probably be yeah. retiring
1: soon. Well I'm so sorry to hear about your mom's passing. How much do you think you'll receive when the estate's settled?
0: I'm thinking close to at least sixty thousand. It's um split okay. three ways. so okay. her home should be well at least one fifty plus the cars work fifteen. Right. And
1: okay. she just had a small insurance policy. Yeah. So you, you'll receive about 60000 uh, Let me just kind of run through a few questions about your financial situation. Do you all have what I call an emergency fund of maybe three to six months' worth of expenses and savings?
0: Yes, I have about
1: 9000 in savings. Okay. What do you all spend on a monthly basis, roughly?
0: I only spend maybe 1500 because I think I clear close to 2000 I live pretty modestly here in Florida.
1: <laughs> okay. But do you and your husband kind of separate the bills or is that everything?
0: Yes. Um, he draws his social security so that covers our house payment. So really all I have is my car and my regular you know, electric water, that kind of thing.
1: Okay. And all I don't right. have okay. much
0: in the way So you of- feel
1: like 9000 is enough for your emergency reserves. Uh, beyond that, do you all feel like you're on track in terms of retirement savings? You know, when you both fully retire, uh, other than your Social Security, do you have enough in the way of assets to supplement that?
0: I don't think so unless we were to sell our house <laughs> because okay. my husband always owned his business, so he never had a retirement plan.
1: Okay. Very good. And uh, so uh, does the business have value? Would it be sold when he's retiring?
0: He's actually a horse trainer, so um, not really.
1: Okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Um, so that would be one option is for you all to try to put as much of this away into retirement accounts as possible. Uh, I do also like the idea of paying off the car. Um, so that would be one option. How much is uh, is left on the balance of that car note? About
0: 26000 okay. I just got right. it.
1: Okay, yeah, so you could wipe that out. that would obviously free up more on a monthly basis that you could plow back into additional savings if you want to do any giving on this, you could do that, and then the balance perhaps you'd fund roth iras uh, that would be retirement accounts individually, and you could put in over the age of fifty seventy five hundred dollars this year, and so you could put in seventy five hundred for each of you or a total of uh, $15,000 uh, between the two of you. And before you file your 2022 return, you could actually go ahead and fund last year's at $7,000 apiece. So you could put in four, uh, uh, $14,000 uh, for 2022, and then you could turn around and put in another 15000 for 2023. Uh, so between the two of that, that would get you, you know, about all of this money allocated because you'd have 29000 going into Roth IRAs that you could then invest and grow for the future, so you'd begin to build a, a little bit of a nest egg that would supplement Social Security, um, in addition to now having your car paid off, which gives you more margin on a monthly basis. How does that sound?
0: It sounds good. Other than yeah. we've already submitted our taxes, because my husband's business, we have to file by the 4th, 15th of March. So I've already you. submitted.
1: Okay, <laughs> Hold yeah. Okay, so you could put at least 15000 into 2023 Roth IRAs, and that would get a good bit going there. And then you could either put the rest of that in savings uh, or as a sole, um, a sole proprietor, essentially, you could open what's called a SEP IRA, S-E-P IRA. Uh, And that would allow you to put in a good bit more, uh, up to 25% of his compensation or north of $50,000. And that would give you a current year deduction on the amount going in, and then it could be invested and grow for the future. Uh, So those could be great options as well. I think you guys, if you've never spent any time with an advisor doing some planning, I think that might be helpful for you as well, just to look at all of this in light of a financial plan, both looking at retirement, What are your income needs going to be down the road? What, you know, what about your insurance, your estate plan and wealth transfer plans, as well as kind of how to deploy this additional money you're going to be receiving. And if you're interested in connecting with an advisor, I'd reach out to a certified kingdom advisor there in Florida. Uh, You can find a CKA on our website at faithfi.com. Just click find a CKA. But apart from that, I think a SEP IRA or two Roth IRAs would be great options in addition to paying off the car. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Treva. Glad you called today. God bless you. 800 525 7000 to Huntington, Indiana. Hey, Ed. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Ed, are you with us?
2: Yes, I am. Okay, great. Go uh, ahead. My, sir. Question, my question is okay, my wife. My wife and I, I've been saving for longer than her. I've been saving for retirement since I have been working full time when I was about 20. And after my wife and I married, I helped her set hers up and she's been saving a 401k as well. Okay. During the, over the the years, uh, because of the recession and different things, uh, we've changed jobs. I currently have two separate 401ks because I did not roll the one over into the other and my wife has three and we are still currently working although she is only a couple of years away from retiring. Uh, She's a little older than I am and I was looking at combining her two into a local institution retirement plan so that I just want to make it easier for her to be able to go in and talk to somebody about when, if something should happen to me, Sure. where she can go in and say, Hey, uh, I need, I need to raise how much I'm getting out of my retirement plan or, or something like that. And at the same time, then I was going to roll my, the one that I am no longer contributing to into a plan at the same place so that she could have access to that. And the reason I'm saying this is because my dad's side of the family is notorious for not having a long lifespan. Yeah. Let me
1: weigh in on this because I've got to hit a break here in just a second. I totally agree. I think rolling this into two IRAs, so reducing the number of overall accounts will simplify things. The key is to find that trusted advisor. If you've got somebody locally, great. If not, you could find a certified kingdom advisor, two or three to interview on our website at faithfi.com. Just click find a CKA. You could do some planning, build a relationship that she could continue if you pass away before her, but also have that one IRA for each of you that is the recipient of these rollovers to get things a lot more simplified and invested together. Thanks for your call today. Well, we need to take a break. This is Faith in Finance. We'll be back after this. are you searching for a way to become a better faithful steward of the resources that god has given you well download the faithfi app and join the 37,000 others who are already using our app the faithfi app will provide you with wisdom community and simply help you stay on track with your finances we have three money management options to choose from so find an option that fits your unique needs it's available on desktop or mobile simply go to faithfi.com and click app to get started
3: if the heavy burden of debt is robbing you of freedom and peace of mind, Christian Credit Counselors can help. We're a nationwide nonprofit credit counseling organization that has helped over 300,000 individuals in the last 27 years get out of credit card debt 80% faster while honoring that debt in full. To learn how Christian Credit Counselors can help you, visit ChristianCreditCounselors.org. That's ChristianCreditCounselors.org or call 800-557-1985.
1: you're listening to Faith and Finance where we talk about how we handle God's resources. How are you using God's resources when we make pursuing the kingdom, our aim. Well, money is not an end. It's a means to an end. And we apply biblical principles in our daily financial decisions as we work out our finances. But really, we're working out our faith because we're uh, making a daily demonstration of what's most important to us and where we placed our trust. And ultimately, that's how we should view our finances. Uh, Back to the phones to St. Louis. Hey, Doug, thanks for your patience. Go ahead.
4: Hey, thank you so much. Enjoy the show. Thank you. <laughs> hey, I I uh, have a question about, um, I have some insurance settlements coming, and I am on disability. Can you tell me, or do you have any really good information on how I should proceed with these insurance settlements versus my disability? If It's not enough to offset the disability totally. I'll probably live longer than that. Okay. But it's certainly going to have some implications. I appreciate your help. Thank you.
1: Yeah. In terms of what specifically are you trying to solve for here?
4: Well, I, I, it, I understand insurance uh, settlements or tax, not tax deductible.
1: That's great. That's it's not often. taxable. If it's a personal injury claim, uh, it would not be taxable at the federal or state level.
4: Okay, so would that have any implication on disability at all? And am I, uh, I'm not going to have to file tax returns that I've got a now all of a sudden a bunch of money and now I'm going to be disqualified from disability.
1: Yeah, no there there shouldn't be. I mean if you still qualify as being disabled and unable to to work, uh, I don't see any reason there. You could certainly check with a CPA just to be sure in your specific situation, but I don't I'm not hearing anything that would cause any problems there. I think this is a great opportunity for you Doug uh, to seek some wise counsel both on the tax side as well as the um uh, the uh investing side just so you've got somebody walking alongside you to help you make some really wise decisions. So hope you're okay uh, in, in the, at the end of the day. And I'm sorry to hear that you're, uh, you're going through this, but I appreciate your desire to be a faithful steward of these resources. And I think getting some competent counsel could really help you. Appreciate your call today, sir. Uh, To Cleveland. Hi, Kathy. How can we help you?
3: Hi. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I have three, three retirement accounts. Um, one that I started when I found out my employer didn't have a Roth option, and uh, and then a the second one that's my normal 401k that now does have a Roth option, so I've stopped contributing to the first one, and I'm just mostly going through my 401k. And then the third is an annuity that I rolled over from previous employers. Um, so the total of all three of them is around 282000 and when I talked to the financial advisor with uh, Fidelity that does my 401K, I thought I could roll over that uh, the, the Roth that I set up, and I found out I can't. So after meeting with him, I just all of a sudden thought the amount that's sitting there is about what I owe my house. So I, I owe about 27000 and there's 32000 sitting there. I'm looking at retiring in four to six years, and so I was kind of excited to think I'm just going to cash that in since I'm over 40 or 59, and pay off my house. And when I called the financial advisor, he's advising me, "Oh, you don't want to do that." He said, "You don't come into lump sums of money like that too often, so you should let it grow since you're only paying four percent or four and a quarter percent on your mortgage."
1: Yeah, and so you you said, uh, how much is the balance and all of these combined?
3: Um, the total combined right now is two eighty two, um, right. and the one uh, so I have a uh, thirty two that's in this account I'm talking about one eighty in my fidelity and thirty six in uh, Prudential. That's the annuity, but the thirty six is actually going to jump to a hundred thousand once once I don't touch it for twenty years. There's some kind of little note in there that says if you don't touch this account for twenty years, uh, it it quadruples. So okay so um, the 32,000
1: is, is a is a Roth IRA. Uh yes. Okay. Yeah. So you could pull that out it wouldn't be taxable and you said your balance on your mortgage is only 29?
3: 27, yes.
1: 27. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would go, I could go either way on this. I mean, obviously, the point of these investments is for them to grow. And uh, the Roth is a great option just because you've got that money in there growing tax free, which is a huge benefit in the sense that, you know, even once you retire, you still have, if you're in good health, uh, a decades long need for this money to last. So this would be a part of your overall investable assets that could help to offset your income needs in retirement beyond what. Social Security will cover, which was never intended to cover more than 40%. So I think what your advisor is saying is, man, as much as I hear you that you'd like to be debt-free... I'd love to keep these assets growing and compounding for you, especially while the market's down right now, letting this recover and moving to higher ground. And, and then you just make a goal out of your current cash flow to get that mortgage paid off by the time you retire. And if you do that, now you're entering retirement debt-free, which keeps your lifestyle as low as possible, but you've, you're you maximizing your investable assets so you've got more to draw from down the road. Uh, so that's the financial case for it. What that's not counting though, Kathy, is just the peace of mind of you knowing that you've paid off your home and that it's free and clear. And if you feel like you have a leading from the Lord or a conviction to be debt-free, or that would just give you a greater peace of mind, I don't have any problem with that. I mean, it's tax-free money. You've already paid the tax on it. As you said, you're not going to pay a penalty. And although you're only paying you know, 4% or so on it, I think the non-financial benefit of you being unencumbered and knowing that you're completely debt-free and now you've got this extra money now on a monthly basis that you could give away or sock into savings. I think that's a great idea. So again, I could, and I know I'm sounding like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but I think at the end of the day, you could do either one from purely a financial standpoint. It'd probably be better to leave that money in the Roth and just let it grow and just keep paying that mortgage as much as you can and get it paid off by the retirement. But if you feel like you'd rather have your home free and clear, I'd say go for it and don't look back. Does that make sense?
3: It does, and and you're almost repeating word for word what the advisor said. So that gives me kind of confirmation. And I am paying extra toward my mortgage, so I'm on track to have it paid off in four years. So okay. um, I'm so there's not really a concern there. There was just that uh, that one moment that I thought I could do this. And yeah. and one thing the advisor said is you could do it next year too. You know, anytime yeah, you want to, right. you do it. So I don't have to rush into it.
1: Exactly. And if you waited till next year, you're probably going to let this, you know, 32,000 recover to maybe 35 or 36 uh, or maybe higher than that, you know, as the market recovers. And then again, you could, you know, come in and wipe it out at that point. So I think that's good counsel. I just want to leave room for the Lord to lead you to do something that he wants you to do or that you feel compelled to do around paying off debt. And if that was the case, I wouldn't want to stand in the way of that by any means.
3: Absolutely. All right. Yeah. That, thank you very
1: much. I really appreciate it. All right, Kathy. Thanks for your call today. Well, that does it for us today. I'm Rob West. Thanks to our amazing production team and to you for listening. I hope you'll join us again next time right here on Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.